Australia, sorry, good evening America, good afternoon Australia and welcome to everyone listening across the globe. Hello to everyone in Germany and Russia today. You are listening to the latest in our co-hosted show series called Complete Feng Shui with Michelle Castle. But before I introduce you to the lovely Michelle, here's what you need to know. If you're listening live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch or Twitter, please know that we have lovely Payo ready and waiting online to give you links, answer your questions and point you in the right direction for any information that you may need about what we talk about today. If you miss these shows, you can always catch up on Binge Networks USA and the Tony TV channel app available on all smart TVs across the world. Now, as we've been doing for the rest of the shows this year, we are doing a welcome to country and it's part of an international movement that acknowledges the special and important role Indigenous communities play in the development of a country's cultural identity. So, I respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugambar language region, the traditional owners of the land on which I broadcast, and I pay my respects to the elders, past and present, and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here listening today. Now, my beautiful host, Michelle Castle, is a feng shui and Chinese astrology practitioner. The metaphysical studies of these art forms are her passion. This is the first of a fortnightly series of show where we are going to be exploring all the wonderfulness of feng shui and Chinese astrology. So a little bit about Michelle before I introduce you to her. You may question what led a young mum of three towards such an obscure field. A roller coaster comes to mind as a perfect description of Michelle's journey into feng shui and Chinese astrology. Any phenomenal period or experience of persistence or violence, ups and downs, as one fluctuating between prosperity and recession or elation and despair. So Perth is home to Michelle and she was raised by a builder and lived in Bel Air, Cobar, Bowen and I can't remember the name of the other place. I'm so sorry, I'll ask Michelle in a minute. Moving around meant Michelle experienced the many different housing arrangements. She went from prestigious Bel Air in Perth to a home on stilts that rocked with the movement when you walked around. She uh, had one home in particular that particularly stood out and that was a home of her Auntie Nikki. She worked in a furniture shop in the prestigious suburb of Subiaco, Perth, Western Australia. Her home decor was bursting with patterns, fabrics and textures and Michelle wanted one just like it and aspired to enter uh, interior design. She went on to study the profession which led to an architectural drafting course. Michelle was engrossed by the impact that design elements played within a home. She started analysing her life and the countless homes and houses that where she'd lived, looking at the shift in life and the luck whilst in each house. 
flipped forward more than 20 years and feng shui was brought to Michelle's attention and rapidly gained, as it rapidly gained momentum and interest in the West. Like many, she read lots about the subjects. Friends had their homes healed and her curiosity flourished. A feng shui consultant came to Michelle's home with a pen in hand and she followed this person around and as, instruct, as she instructed her on the colours, furniture, their placement and the symbolism around them within a home. Red needed to be removed from a wall, furniture directions needed adjustment, jade and kumquat plants were to be placed at doors, mirrors and pictures rehomed or rehung and salt in certain spots. Crystals hung to redirect energy and the list went on. The thought of a change of luck stimulated Michelle's interest and desire. She was fascinated and so was born Michelle's feng shui and Chinese astrology journey. Now today, Michelle and I are going to start the series by talking about feng shui. Now Michelle, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. This is going to be a real adventure for me. You are going to be uh, a delight for the audience to listen to. Um, welcome to the show and I'm so glad to have you here. Hello. Hello, thank you. I'm very excited to be here, actually. <laughs> I'm, I've been looking forward to this show series for an immense amount of time because Michelle and I met at the end of last year and she walked me through a couple of simple steps that completely changed the way my husband and I sleep at night, which is pretty important, hey? So we're going to be exposing some of those secrets here on the show each fortnight. But I want to start at the beginning. And I want to talk about your journey to Feng Shui Master Practitioner. And for a Western girl, it's kind of a strange career move. Because let's face it, Feng Shui is thought of an Eastern art form. But you love it. So tell us why, Michelle. Okay. I, I do actually. I, I, I really enjoy it. I think um, what I enjoy most is the the change that I can actually bring to people's homes, like teaching them and educating them to empower themselves is very, very exciting. And this is a totally different platform to what most people would actually think. And most people are actually really surprised by feng shui as well, because um, whether you believe in it or not, you're still actually affected by the energy and the movement within your home or the homes that you actually live in or your Chinese astrology chart so it's so exciting to be able to open people's minds and, and and lives to how much better their life can actually be by simply putting some feng shui in place absolutely so Michelle for the audience that's not familiar with feng shui tell us what it is well, it is actually the art and the manipulation of the energy within your home. So a lot of feng shui masters like to really make it quite difficult. Um, my approach is very Western. I like to really simplify it so anybody can actually mm. use it. 
it has actually been around for thousands of years. So initially it was practised by the farmers, which is where Chinese New Year and the Hisa calendar comes from, because the farmers used to look at the mountains and they'd look at the placement of the water and they'd look at what was in their environment. So a lot of their stories actually came from the animals. So they looked at the dog and the rooster and the pig that was like in the farmyard and the well, which was the water, which sat in the middle of their home or their property. And from that, they would create placement. They would place their homes and their buildings according to making the most of the wind and the water. And feng shui actually means wind and water. So it's just naturally tapping into the environment that is actually around you. So it's really just reading the energy reading the energy of somebody's home, reading the energy of somebody's chart, and then actually manipulating that energy and tapping into it. So it makes the most for the environment for the occupant. Michelle, do you know, um, so we know that feng shui has been around for approximately 4,000 years, I think, um, and it had its origins in China. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And it's actually quite interesting because it's not actually practiced in China anymore because um, of the way China is and China's a communistic country. So um, feng shui is not actually practiced in China. It is practiced nearly everywhere else around the world and has become quite Western. Um, It is very followed in KL and in Singapore and Malaysia. Vietnam actually is very interested and like America and Europe are are big followers as well. Um, When I started my journey 20 years ago, there was hardly any masters around to, to practice under so it has actually gained a lot of momentum in the last so many years but um, no China doesn't actually practice it it is illegal to practice it in China and when it was when it originally came about in China it was practiced for quite a while um, and there was a lot of text written about it and all of that original text is what we read off and where we get our formulas from at this point in time but one of the um Empress decided that he no longer wanted the common people to actually have the knowledge. So all the information for feng shui was actually locked in the vaults and it was years later... It was years later before it actually was able to come out again. And when it initially came out, um, they only kind of released to the people the Bagua formula. And Bagua Mm -hmm. is the formula that most people understand as far as feng shui is concerned, which relates to each direction and each direction relating to a characteristic and a a person and an aspiration. So that was allowed to be practised. And that's a very simple, stagnant form of feng shui. Um, Mm -hmm. And all the other information information was locked away but we're lucky that these days the information has come out and we're now able to practice on all levels of feng shui. So Michelle does that mean the existing um, feng shui masters that are alive today are not based in China they're based outside of China? Most of them would be, yes, yes. So so back in the day, um, feng shui and metaphysical studies was actually passed down. So it was passed down through yeah. the family. So it was a generational yeah. thing. Um, and it was passed down through the family. Since it's become very westernised, no, like I'm blonde and I'm Australian and, and yeah. I, I studied it for 20 years under uh, under yeah. many masters. So it, it means no, it's actually filtrated all the way around the world. And because it's an analytical and mathematical formula, it means anyone can actually practice it. Anyone can 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 learn it and can practice it if they wish to apply themselves. 
that was one of the things that originally attracted you, wasn't it, Michelle? It was about that mathematical and analytical yes. aspect of the art. Um, yes. And your, your, for your logical mind, it worked perfectly around yes. what you were trying to um, achieve. And um, I wanted to know, um, you studied, as we said, with lots of those masters. Can you share with some us uh, some of the the wonderful things, just the bits and pieces that you remember that stand out and you remember learning specifically? Because you've been doing this for 20 years, so it might not be an easy ask, but are there some mm -hmm. elements of feng shui and Chinese astrology that when you learnt, you still remember the point at which you learnt that, like an aha moment? Um, well, yeah, there was actually a lot of aha moments because yeah. um, when you're studying under the masters, it is actually really, really fascinating um, mm. and quite overwhelming to take in. So I had a major interest in feng shui because I liked interior design and I'd liked real estate and homes. So I'd actually studied a fair amount myself. But when I decided that I would actually apply it and I wanted to do it kind of as a job or a career to help other people, um, I started with a local um, master, Juliana Abrahams, because she was the mm. only person that I knew. And I'd remember 10 years ago when she had left her career, she told me, because I was friends with her before she was a feng shui master, that she was going to um, Singapore to actually learn feng shui under a master and I was like really what like what's that like that's a jump from working in a bank to um to moving all the way to Singapore so she she was kind of my first introduction to feng shui and I remember in one of my first workshops with her when I was first initially studying under her and I took the house plan of the home that we were currently living into her and she looked at me and she said Oh no, that 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 house is bad feng shui. Like you, I wouldn't live in that house. You need to move out of that house. And and I kind of looked at her and said, Oh no, 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 no way. Like there's no way my husband will ever move or sell from this home. Like there, there must be a way that I can actually fix this. I I, I didn't believe that there was actually homes that had bad feng shui. So my journey really kind of started from there. I and. I ended up fixing the home and realised that it wasn't that the house actually had bad feng shui. It was just mm. that the home had a story. And I, I truly believe houses pick people. People don't pick houses. So we, we, we have this idea that we have control over everything. But in fact, mm. a house picks us. And yeah. I was meant to live in that house to actually yeah. start my feng shui journey. Otherwise, I, I, I wouldn't be who, who I am now without that particular home or that particular master. But once I had learnt all I could actually from Juliana, um, Raymond Lowe used to come to Perth and he mm -hmm. used to come to Australia and he is a, a, a beautiful um, master. He's, he's so simple yeah. and kind within his approach. And um, I, I then took to studying under Raymond Lowe. But what was interesting was Raymond Lowe was he taught everything in Chinese characters. So if you didn't understand oh. the Chinese characters, you were kind of at a little bit of a loss with, within the classroom of understanding what he said. And at the time I was wow. pregnant with my 
third child so like my brain was totally muddled like I, I, I was having trouble concentrating on the best of days and I actually said to a, a friend that was sitting next to me that was studying at the same time she's like oh I'll take it home and I'll work it out and I said great when you've worked it out you come back and teach me um so that that's how actually teaching it really started because she then yeah. went back and worked it all out and we kind of simplified it and then yeah. as the years went by we then actually started teaching it here here in Perth and the stories just continued so yeah there's kind of there, there's stories from all different masters then um yeah. and then Joey Yap Joey Yap actually was yeah. based in Perth um about 20 years ago as well and oh. um I was lucky enough to study under Joey Yap in Perth um in his early days and I remember one day when I was doing Chinese astrology with Joey Yap and we were talking about like elements and characteristics and he kind of looked at us and looked at the class and said, well, for you to succeed, you have to actually look like your element. And I'm thinking, okay, great. So um, so we have to look like our element. And he said, yes, for Yang water to succeed, you have to be fleshy and fat. And, and I thought, right. Okay, I'm Yang Water. I need to eat more cake. So <laughs> from, from then onwards, I've kind of said, okay, well, well, well that's where my, 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 my fleshiness now comes from because I, I was determined that's to awesome. practice feng shui. So it was like cake now became my friend. That's the, that's the best story, Michelle. That's really good. So, yeah. So, so that is, yes, we, we, we could talk to de- on days just with master stories. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're all so unique. And yeah, I, I say to all my students that once you've learned from me, it's really important that you go and learn with other masters. Because mm-hmm. even though all the masters, we all teach exactly the same basics because there's mm-hmm. we all work from the same formula. So, yeah. so the basics are actually taught the same. But everybody mm-hmm. brings something new to the table and I think it's really important that you study under various masters so that you get all the different viewpoints and um, then you, you find what fits with you best like at, at different times when I first did feng shui I only did flying stars like I, I loved flying stars I only did the flying stars and I was only really interested in the house and as time went by, I realised that, no, I really needed to understand the metaphysical side, which was Chinese astrology. You can't fix a house without actually looking at the client and, and, and trying to engage and fix um, the occupant as well. And so that's how you come to practice the two art forms together because of that? It was. Yeah, it, it, was, it was actually what well, I was kind of... It, my hand was forced slightly because I, I was very enthusiastic about um, practicing feng shui. So mm-hmm. a lot of feng shui is about practice. So anybody that is actually learning it or studying it, you, you need to actually go on site and you need to be practicing it again and again because you actually learn. I, I still learn things from homes um, now. Mm-hmm. I'll walk into somebody's home and go, oh, Dear me, I forgot to do that in my home. Like I, I really need to address that. So, um, so you're continuously learning. But in the early days, when I was very enthusiastic about it, I had a mum from my, from school, and she was actually mm-hmm. my mother's group. 
And while we were at one of the morning teas, she was telling me about the bad luck that her and her husband had actually experienced. So they'd, they'd, they'd gone down, they'd lost a lot of money from a business point of view, and they actually had moved to a house and her husband was painting the house and doing renovations. So I said, oh, look, let me feng shui it for you. Like you need all the help that you can get. I will come and I will feng shui your property for you. So this was a big lesson to me because I didn't actually charge her. Um, I was doing it from the goodness of my heart. And um, I went and I advised the colours and the directions of her bed and everything that she needed to put in place within this particular home. And I went back about a month or two months later and to have a look at the home because she rang me and said, oh, my husband's finished painting. Can you come and have a look at the home? So I went and I had a look at the home. And while I was walking around the home, I really noticed the disconnection between her and her husband. And I also noticed that she had actually hadn't applied anything that I had told her so she oh. had painted rooms colors that I hadn't advised on she'd actually gone against um, what I had suggested she said. even had her bedroom in a room that wasn't advisable for her um, the bed was you know the opposite direction to what I had told her so it was a very good lesson that if you don't charge people don't listen to what you have to say but yeah. also I hadn't done the Chinese astrology on this couple I had only actually done the flying stars and the feng shui actually on the home now mm -hmm. doing the flying stars on that home that particular bedroom that she had placed herself in which she yeah. I had advised her not to sleep in um, actually had mental illness so like the, the the energy for that room was unfavorable it created depression and anxiety um, oh. and mental in instability for the woman of the house so mm -hmm. doing the flying stars and reading the home I could see that and that was why I advised for them not to sleep in that room but she chose to sleep in that room she chose to go against everything that I told her and six months later she actually committed suicide in that room which was absolutely terrible and it was absolutely oh. devastating but it was a really big lesson to me because I realized that as much as I could see it within the home I really needed to probably be a little bit more forceful in my opinion um, and on my view of what what I knew knowledge wise and share it mm. probably with the client um, but also if I had done her Chinese astrology I would have been able to pick up a lot more about her individual chart and then I would have been in a greater position to actually help that couple so it it was a it was a very sad ending for that home um oh, but yeah. in fact the it the, the yeah it, it was a it was a very sad ending for that home um but the man and his children survived and, and and have been very successful and unfortunately that was just her luck that was their destiny yeah. um yeah. but but I couldn't quite see it so feng shui can actually be very powerful people don't realize Definitely. the power that the energy actually does hold Michelle, um, when you're talking about flying stars, can you explain to the audience who may not be f familiar with that terminology what you mean when you say flying stars? 
Okay, so what a flying star is when um when I first learned Chinese astrology, I used I, I always took flying stars, and flying stars is actually just one level of feng shui. So feng shui mm-hmm. is a multi-leveled art. So you start with looking at landform, and landform is the exterior environment outside of a home, and then you can look at bagua, which is a fixed level of feng shui, which looks at room placement and aspirations. And then a master level of feng shui is flying stars. Now, not all masters, many masters around the world do not practice flying stars. Um, They call it, flying stars is just one term of it, actually. Um, But flying stars is just a terminology to actually explain the energy. And Mm -hmm. it's reading the analytical point of view of where numbers are sitting within a home. So numbers sit from a base point of a flying star. A flying star map Mm -hmm. is actually formatted and it's like noughts and crosses, really. And Mm -hmm. there's nine flying stars. Each flying star has a different and particular meaning. So as an example, this year, the flying stars will fly over the whole world. They will fly Mm -hmm. over a particular country, a state, um, your property, and actually then right Mm -hmm. into your home. And you can actually narrow it down to and pinpoint within a room as well where the energy sits. So each flying star has a particular energy. So where the energy sits and the meaning of that flying star, that is the interaction that actually happens within that space. So at the moment, we can look at it from a world point of view. So for Mm. this year, um, we have the flying star three and the flying star three actually sits in the east. So if we look at the world map and we look at the east, Mm -hmm. that means China sits in the east. And if we look at the world map of Australia, the east is actually um, the ACT, um, Sydney, New South Wales, I suppose, the New South Wales and Queensland border within Australia. Um, As we're in Australia, I'm talking about Australia, um, not America. But um, so the Flying Star 3 sits in those two pockets. Now, the energy of the Flying Star 3 and what the terminology kind of means to me is that the 3 represents um, anger, um, dissatisfaction. It can represent discord. Um, So that means if we look at New South Wales and um, we've particularly got an election coming up, um, we've got a lot of anger. We've got a lot of dissatisfaction and a lot of discord. Um, So the flip side of that, though, the positive side of that is if you're in a situation where you're angry and you're frustrated and you're in a position of dissatisfaction, well, it is actually going to bring about action, movement and change. So a three, so looking from the world, it means, yeah, China's in a position of a little bit of dissatisfaction and discord and we have the same here in the eastern states of Australia so each fascinating so each state um, country and pocket within your home so the same within your home this year the east pocket of your home is going to be your angry point so I I can walk into any home and go and once I know where the flying star three sit in within your home I go Mm -hmm. right this is your argumentative pocket so if it's your kitchen you would say okay take your conversations out of the kitchen and um, if it's their home theater I go you know what there's a lot of arguments over the remote in this room and and most women or home home homeowners go wow yeah how, how, how did you know that that that's where they yeah. or bedroom three whoever sleeps in bedroom three they're, they're really argumentative 
And people mm. go, oh, how do you know that? And I go, oh, it's my crystal ball. No, not really. Um, it, it, it's just it's feng shui. It, it's simply reading the flying star energy. Ah, Michelle, if you're in your own home and you want to know where east, west, north and south are, can yes. you use a compass to do that? I know that yes. that stuff comes to you instinctively, but for those of us that are not practitioners and we want to yes. think, okay, where is the east portion of our home? home. A compass? Yes. Uh, yeah, a compass. And, re and actually, these days, the um, compass is actually on people's phone. So everybody oh. has a compass on their phone these days. So um, back, back when I first started teaching feng shui, I had to teach people how to use a compass, um, where these yeah. days, not so much so, because it is on um, the individual's home. So the easiest way to figure out your facing direction to then be able to locate the, the, the pockets within your home mm -hmm. is if you stand at the front of your property, so you stand basically where the road faces your home or the, the mm -hmm. front the front part of your building and home. And you stand mm -hmm. in front of your home and you look towards your home with the compass. The compass mm -hmm. will then actually tell you what direction you're looking at. Um, so that would be the back of the building. Or yep. you can then turn yourself around. So once you stood in front of your home, you turn yourself around and you look at the road, which yep. then tells you the facing direction of your home. And from there, you simply look at your compass and you can locate basically the that's east amazing. sector or the west sector. Yes. Yes. Oh, that that's a revelation. Does that make it simple? I can do a PDF on um, doing a compass reading if that would help people and people can that's download that. Amazing. That will be. And that's one thing just to add while we're on that topic. Um, throughout these series of shows, we will have PDFs available for people to download. Um, so next time we come on, we will remind people that we've got this PDF on how to use a compass to work out the way that your house faces. And if you want to find the eastern sector of your house, based on what Michelle said about the flying star and the east and angry emotion around the east sector and therefore i'm just looking at mine and going oh don't have arguments with hubby in the lounge room no not no good. no not and particularly if it's in a bedroom you like it's like don't go to bed arguing you can actually yeah. appease it so the 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 cure for the flying star three particularly just for this year um, from an yeah. annual point of view because flying stars is actually the only level of feng shui that we can forecast with that is time dimensional so chinese astrology and flying stars is time dimensional it allows mm -hmm. for the the difference in time um yep. where all other levels of um feng shui which is like landform and eight mansions and bagua and choir mm -hmm. directions they're actually all stagnant forms of feng shui so time dimensional is actually the most powerful because that actually tells moves and changes it does. It changes from the from the hour to, 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 to the day. So we have a flying star every hour, every day, every month and every year. Oh, my God. And, and Michelle, it, do you talk about this in your um, – because you have a subscription to Complete Feng Shui. Do you I talk do. about those sorts of things in I do. Your... So in, in the monthly subscription. So the monthly yeah. subscription is a um, basically a 40-page document that outlines yeah. the flying star energy for all nine flying stars in all sectors for the month. So it, it, wow. it enables you to really tap in and know exactly for the month where the flying star is sitting for that particular month. 
and yes. it also gives an overview of all the Chinese astrology animals. So there's 12 of those. So it, because everything's a formula, so the flying star energy repeats every nine days and the Chinese astrology animals repeat every 12 days. And then the energy that we have this year was actually the same energy was in play 60 years ago. So if you want to do some research, you can look oh at um, 1962. So if you research 1962, you will actually get a good feel of the energy and the what way the world will actually perform this year because 60 Ooh. years ago, the same animal and the same energy was actually in place. But, yes, the subscriptions are amazing. But I'm about to, by the 1st of March, I'm actually launching a new subscription, which is going yes, to be, yes. a, that, yeah, that'll be exciting. Um, I that's know. actually a daily forecast subscription. So you can actually have um, the forecast for every day, for every mm. animal. And that goes very much into date selection as well to mm. whether it's a good day to have your hair cut or whether you should be signing contracts, moving house, popping on a phone. In working with Michelle, I've actually, um, she said, no, I can't do it that day. Um, when we're talking about the scheduling for the shows, she's like, it has to be this day or this day. And it was fascinating just to go through that um, experience with Michelle just on a practical level and go, that's not a good day to do X, Y, Z. You're better off to do it on such and such a day. And I've been fascinated since the get-go with how that sits across the world. So, um, and it's actually not 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 sorry tony's jump in but it's not that different know. yesterday there was a lot of talk it was on the radio i know in america it's today's date where in australia yeah. it was yesterday's date um was the 2202 2022 so mm. that, that that was actually a major day from a numerology point of view but also yeah. from a feng shui point of view um that's quite a powerful day if we look at what the flying star two actually means as well mm. so flying stars and chinese astrology is just a different way of looking at asset again western astrology yeah. So it's still got elements of, um, as you said, numerology um, and mm. the numerology around 22nd of the 2nd, 2022. There's um, similarities between feng shui, Chinese astrology. It was a powerful day for meditation and intention setting and all of those things. And essentially... That's just a good way to remind you of some of the things that you should be doing anyway. Um, setting life's intentions, um, making sure that you uh, follow through on certain things on certain days. It's just another way of looking at it, isn't it? Um, Michelle, you've had um, some really profound experiences with your clients. So you mentioned about the unfortunate passing of one of your clients. What about one of the really enriching and positive stories from working with your clients? Um, yeah, look, I, I have clients. I have a lot of clients um, that mm. have followed me and been with me for like for a lot of years. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so um, and, and I think if feng shui didn't work and it wasn't a benefit to them, they don't call mm. you back the following year. Yeah. Like, like, like if, if you don't, if you don't make a difference to somebody's life, they, they, yeah. um, but that they'll look elsewhere. So I, um, it's really hard because it's, it's really interesting yeah. because often I'll pick out things that 
kind of aren't so nice and that will mm-hmm. that will actually change them so I did have one client who um, was having trouble with her marriage and um, we realized when I was feng shui in her house like her mm-hmm. um, she she was leaning towards actually having an affair because um, mm-hmm. she felt that she wasn't being noticed she wasn't being seen and when we looked at her home her home had two missing sectors so it actually had the southwest corner was missing and the northwest corner was missing as well so once I pinpointed that information to her and said right well if the southwest section is missing within a home the southwest relates to the the matriarch the 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 woman of the house the woman of the house energy Mm -hmm. and it also relates to your love and your relationship luck so if your Mm -hmm. southwest corner is missing in any home it means that the woman of the house will have to a point unfavorable relationship luck it's it, it's hard to it's hard to find a spouse or a mate or a, or a partner um but i also noted in, noticed in her home that they were in at the time the northwest sector was missing as well and oh. the northwest sector is the sector of the patriarch so the man of the house which meant she was lacking in love and relationship luck and it was because her husband was going away all the time because the northwest sector was actually missing so on advice of that, to save their marriage, they worked it out and they actually sold that house promptly and moved yeah. to another house. And I think that was about 15 years ago and they're still actually really happy. So they, they moved to a house that did have better feng shui because once she was aware of that situation, she realised why she felt like straying oh. and it, it was in, in that case, it was selling the home. But um, yeah. of, often you can actually remedy a home w- within the home. You don't always yeah. have to sell a home. Um, yeah. they're, 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 um, there are many ways and many forms of symbolisation that can be put in place to actually a- activate a southwest or a northwest pocket. And we will go into some of those um, as we go into further shows. There'll be some wonderful little tips tips rather and hints about how you can make things work for you so like as michelle said don't have to sell your house but there will be some easy straightforward simple fixes that you can do that will make it function better for you and better for you as a couple a family better living space now i want to just drop back into the chinese astrology um and can you explain for the audience what is Chinese astrology and how does it differ from the more commonly thought of or known astrology that we might be familiar with? Um, I, I think it's a, it's just a different way of reading it. Um, yes. I don't practice Western astrology myself yeah. other than going, oh, I know I'm a Leo, but I wouldn't yeah. know what I, what's rising or what's sinking really yeah. um, or where my moon is. Um, <laughs> that's that's not quite my thing um but I I know totally what my which animals are sitting in my Chinese astrology chart and how I'm performing as such so I I think the power of Chinese astrology against Western astrology I do believe Western astrology is probably plotted exactly the same there 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 must be a formula to it um Chinese astrology very much has a formula to it so um and the formula does come from your date of birth so your Mm. year month day and and possibly your hour of birth you can have a Chinese astrology reading without an hour of birth you're just missing some information on on, on your client that that, that's all um so Yes. 
sorry, in thinking about the day, time, and hour of your birth, yes. those coordinate with um, times and places in the earth, don't they? So they you, they, they, they do. So so yeah. but, um, particularly to like time of birth, people go, oh, I I know my time of birth, but I was born in this country. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll I'll calculate it back. So if I was born at two o'clock, that means no, maybe I was born at four o'clock. And I go to people, well, no, you were actually born at two o'clock, regardless of which country in the world you were actually born at, because that, mm. that is the energy pattern that you were actually born on within that time. So yeah. I don't tend to calculate it back. I, I have looked at it over the years to, to, to run both processes and found that the time of birth is exactly the time of birth. Right. Um, un, unlike Western astrology, the time of birth mm. comes down to a Chinese astrology animal. So everything yeah. about your Chinese astrology chart comes down to the 12 animals and a lot of people will understand the Chinese animal of the year that they are actually born so they go I'm a pig or I'm a dog or I may be a goat or a rooster yes. um, but they don't realize that they actually have four Chinese astrology animals within their chart oh. so you're born maybe in a pig year on a goat month in a rooster day and maybe in a tiger hour so we oh, then can gosh. look at the combination of your combination of four animals not just one yeah. not just one now each of those animals has their own um, characteristics and their own traits and they all perform in different ways so we can very much then analyze your how you react and how you perform in different areas of your life from your Chinese mm. astrology animals and you were yeah. also born on a particular day which is called the day day master or day element so it's your day pillar so on yeah. your day you would be one of five elements because everything about feng shui is about the five elements water wood fire earth and metal okay so yeah. all, all our readings from flying stars to the environment to chinese astrology all comes back to the five elements and everything mm. is formulated and read from those elements and yeah. this is where we get all your personality traits and even your timeline your timeline of destiny of when you're going to perform what you're going to do um and how how you're going to perform from one month to the next or to yeah. one day to the next because your characteristics don't change um mm. the animals don't change but how each animal performs does actually change and so we can go we can look from this year. So this year is actually yeah. a triple tiger year. So when we, we, we don't have just one That's tiger exciting. energy in 2022, we have three tiger energies because this year the formula and the Bartsy chart was actually formulated on the day of Chinese New Year. And that was mm. in a tiger year, a tiger month on a wrap day in a tiger hour. So that was the date of birth basically for this year. So by looking at the date of birth for this year, we can yeah. then forecast exactly how the year is going to perform from a monetary point, stock market, education, travel, people luck, love and relationship luck. Each of those wow. animals has what's called a mountain star, which is really just a a, a a symbol or a word to perform the energy mm. to 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 explain the energy of the animal for the year 
And yeah. um, then we look at the animal's characteristics and traits. And, and so that's how we kind of formulate and that's how we forecast. But it's nothing clairvoyant. Like I, yeah. I don't have any clairvoyant abilities at all um it's it's actually i wish i did but um i I don't um it's all very analytical so it's really analytical and mathematical it's it's understanding and reading yeah so if we're in a triple tiger year what are some of the things that we can expect in a triple tiger year um you know my daughter always tells me that I should be t- selling people hope. <laughs> my, my, my job is to actually sell, your job's to sell hope, mum. You, you, you need yeah. to give people yeah. hope. And yeah. um, I go, well, hope is really lovely and, and I would love to sell hope. But then I may not always be giving the correct information because if I overly sell hope and it's a terrible year, people will then go, yeah. well, Michelle doesn't know what she's talking about. So yeah. um, the tiger year is, is it tough probably year? lacking we've started the year in on a high with hope but the tiger energy is actually very ferocious and and, and really quite mm. busy because if you look at, yep. at the tiger the tiger's not a pussycat like the tiger's actually an untamed wild animal and if mm. we have three tigers within the chart that means yeah. that the year is very fast moving um the the tiger has a lot of wood energy in it and wood is actually all about growth um so we have a lot of growth so we're going to have a lot of growth within the environment within the academic with the logic with the thought process of people um yeah with life generally there's going to be growth but tiger also is wood and wood represents wind um which means our natural environment we are going to actually have an increase in wind um so that may bring an increase in natural disasters particularly in the second half of the year yeah like cyclones like tsunamis um so it brings in inclement weather um and then the tiger also has the element of water within it so mm-hmm. this year, water actually represents cash flow. Um, so water rep- so you surround yourself with blue and water um, because mm-hmm. water is the element of cash flow and money for this year. But water is also very fast moving. Water can be like a tsunami. It can be like the waves of the ocean. So water changes direction. And once again, is also an element that can't be contained. So mm. I think this year, and the tiger is also a travel star. So we do have that major inclination of lots of travel. So the world will definitely open up and there'll be a tremendous amount of travel, which is really good unless you're in Western Australia, of course, um, we're still being slightly locked in. Um, but we, we get to travel in our own state, um, but the rest of the world will get to travel. Um, yeah, we're so much travel. That can actually bring in um, accidents as well. So, so, so travel can also bring in increase in, in like road, rail, um, aeroplane accidents because it's, there's a lot of movement. Um, yep. And I think the year will be very fast changing. So I, I, mm. I think it, it expect the worst and always have a backup plan because as much as there's a lot of growth, um, there's also an awful lot of competition. Like it's quite a lonely year for a lot of people. It's going to be a very competitive year within the elements. Yeah. And water's also emotion. Water is all about thoughts, feelings and emotions. And, and I think um, a lot of the world is actually 
driven by by fear um by by fear and water that is one of the emotions of, of water water can be quite cold so it, it can bring in the yeah. element of fear okay okay and then i just had the thought of a big scary tiger fear that just crossed my mind as well and there's three of them in this year yeah so that that kind of brings in the competitiveness tigers are actually oh. very lucky so so the tiger's always classed as quite a lucky animal they're lucky they are well. lucky they always they always tend to land on their feet um but they are quite loners like tigers don't usually they have a lot of followers they're very persuasive within their energy um but they do have followers so um they get people to follow them so um that could be sometimes dangerous um from a media point of view if we if we look oh. at it from the communication point of view that there could be a lot of um the media can be swayed we can be told things yeah. we can be persuaded um with things that aren't necessarily within our best interest um so but 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 tigers are really quite singular um within their energy so that does also bring in um a slight tendency of people having to do things by themselves so i think there'll be a lot of um people looking within spiritually this year um they'll have to look at their values at their goals what's actually really important to them because yeah. it, it's going to be a major year of change so, um, yeah. 1962 was a major year of change. There was a lot of civil war. There was a lot of interaction. There, there was actually a, a West Side Story came about. Um, the music industry was very um, prominent in 1962, but also yeah. there, there, there was a lot of war and unrest within the people. So I, I, I think that, that's very likely this year as so well. I was just going to say, so we're seeing that unrest around China. We're seeing the unrest around uh, Ukraine and, and Russia, we're seeing uh, population unrest and protesting and, and yeah. that makes complete sense then, doesn't it, if that's yeah. the energy well, of the year? It, it's the it's the energy of the tiger um and and um when, when we look at travel or movement or change there there, there has to be disruptions like the, the, yeah. these things do need to happen it, it's the natural progression of, of life and, and and the energy um that we have to be confronted for change to actually mm. take place and this is why these energies do repeat and, and they do come in last year was a very um Last year, we had a lot of water energy. It was the ox yeah. year. So the ox energy is quite different to the tiger because the mm -hmm. ox is very slow and steady and methodical. So last year's approach and energy was we kind of felt like we were in the mud. If you mix <laughs> earth and water together, you get mud. And last year was very much a muddy year. It was a sluggish oh. year. It was like a repeat um, within yes. its energy. So we, we've gone from being stuck in the water and stuck in the mud to going, okay, let, let's let's wrap roam and be wild um, because yeah. we can. Um, yeah. So it, it brings in a very fast, quick paced yeah. action and movement. Michelle, before we run out of time, I'm really curious about the energy of the year when COVID arrived. What was the energy of that year? Okay, so 
if we look at, um, if we look right back to the oracles, the original oracles that were written when um, feng shui first came about and the Hisa calendar first came about and a lot of, I'm not sure if anybody has ever read The Art of War by Xin Zhu, um, yes. that is very much, feng shui is very much the manipulation of the energy. Um, so back then there was oracles originally written as well. And interestingly enough, the oracles actually stated that in 2020 when the rat arrived, the rat would bring plague to the world. Oh, my um, God. Oh so my back God. then they were probably only talking about China, um, but in Ooh. fact the rat did bring plague to the world. Um, and yeah. the rat, COVID arrived with the rat, and, and the rat does bring plague generally. Um, so then in 2022... Oh the ox yeah. we would have a slow and steady approach it would be a methodical slow and steady approach yeah. to stamp out plague the plague and then in 2022 when the tiger Ooh. arrives it will be a very fast paced and expect yeah. the unexpected um so th yeah. this year we will we'll we will cleanse and clear but i i think covid is obviously around for a while at least until 2024 when the dragon okay. arrives hmm. Oh my God, that sounds exciting! The dragon arriving. Um, I, I'm getting so well, yes. into the conversation. I want to talk about dragons. I, I love dragons for some reason, um, and it'll be interesting to talk about them from the Chinese horoscope perspective. Yes. Um, but before we run out of time, I quickly want you to tell the audience how people can work with you because you work with people in a whole range of, um, in a whole range of ways. And I would like you to quickly tell them how they can connect with you and work with you. Um, and the next show will explore some more of these concepts in depth, particularly around your house and feng shui. So um, how can people work with you, Michelle? Um, well, it depends on which level they would like to work for me. Um, yeah. If they would simply just like to know some more and would like to understand the basics of feng shui, they can mm. um, purchase my book, Beginner's Feng Shui, um, which yes. I wrote last year. And that's all the information that I wish that I knew when I actually started my feng shui journey. Mm. Um, so or you can actually have my subscription as well so my subscription mm. gives you a really good in-depth look of what is happening from one year to the next you can follow me on facebook because i actually mm -hmm. do do posts most days and give all out tips on on facebook Absolutely. all the time or you can contact me direct i do actually consult all over the world um so i'm happy to do zoom consultations and i consult on corporate, business, residential homes, or just Chinese astrology charts. I was just going to say, can for, be some done company, for, for some companies, incorporating elements of feng shui into how they set up their buildings and offices is completely part of their practice and oh, what they of do. Of course, so, yes. Yeah, um, I, have, I have major developers here in Perth that don't buy properties absolutely. or develop without ha having the property feng shui. It, and it can actually be as simple as um, making sure that the building is facing the right direction for the industry yeah. that you're in. So yes. just as an example, if you're wanting to sell, um, if you're a real estate agent or you're a bookstore, then you need mm -hmm. to actually have a building that faces west because the west direction is all about storytelling 
um, and you're, you're telling a story. So if you're an accounting firm, you would want your building to face the north because that is all about trust. So you, you can actually, it's quite simple. It's very layered, um, but, but sometimes it can be actually quite simple to, it's really just having the building facing the right direction for what you're actually doing. Yeah, fantastic. So, people, this is um, the end of the show today, but if you want to connect with Michelle, it's completefengshui.com. We will have all the connection details across all of socials. Um, additionally, if you've missed any of this, jump onto tonylongest.com, click on co-hosts, and all of Michelle's stuff will be there as well. I in um, have just ordered the new um, diary um, as well as um, the book. So I can't wait for those to arrive <laughs> so well, I can get, <laughs> I get into this more. Next week we'll be back with Michelle and we'll have another fascinating, uh, sorry, in a fortnight we will be back again with Michelle to have another um, show about feng shui and Chinese um, astrology. In the meantime, if there's anything in particular you'd really like to know, please reach out to me or Michelle with your question or we can answer it live on the show and that my friends is your lot for this show we will see you in a fortnight michelle thank you so much oh, it's been an you. absolute delight to have you on the show i can't wait till next time and that is all for this week we'll see you soon bye for now thanks bye